We're gonna give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Do you dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Money, we're gonna be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast, our weekly NFL Las Vegas quick picks episode. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, and jumping into all the games of the week, as well as Sunday night and Monday night football, looking at the lines, making our picks and predictions for this weekly podcast episode. Family Feud Sports Podcast, as always, where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, debate the week's hottest sports news. And without further ado, jumping into our first 1 o'clock game of the day, we've got Carolina at Detroit. Carolina opened the week favored by three points. Now they're four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Detroit. I've got Carolina 27-17 in this one. I think they bounce back from getting blown out against the Steelers last Thursday night. I think they're a good team. They just had a bad game in that Thursday night football contest. Cam Newton and the boys get it back together. I think Christian McCaffrey has a really nice day against a very weak Detroit Lions defense that hasn't been able to stop the run even with the addition of Snacks Harrison from the Giants that they got in a trade about a month ago. I got Carolina covering, and I would take the over in this one. We got the over of about... Actually, I'm sorry, I would take the under in this one. We've got the over-under at about 49 and a half. I don't, I don't see with the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions offense struggling so much this year. Carolina maybe underrated defense a little bit. I would take the under, and I got Carolina covering. What do you have in this game, yeah. Mr. Allen? Well, Detroit has lost three straight games, all by double digits. Matthew Stafford's been sacked, been guilty of a lot of turnovers. They got a daunting schedule that coming up after Carolina. They got Chicago and the Rams. Carolina you know wants to make up for that disaster show a week ago, Thursday night when they were blown out by Pittsburgh. So I like Carolina winning 27-22. Got Dallas at Atlanta. Atlanta opened the week favored by four and a half. A lot of betting on Dallas's side now. Atlanta only favored by three, over under 49 and a half in this game. I think this is a game where Atlanta's, Atlanta's defense hasn't been able to stop anybody, and their offense is at home. So I see more points being scored than the 49-and-a-half point over under. I've got Atlanta covering just barely, though. Four-and-a-half would be too much for me. I think three is a nice line to bet on. i got Atlanta 30, Dallas 26. What do you got in this yeah, game? Yeah, I'm going to a little disagree. Atlanta had a three-game win streak that was snapped against Cleveland last week when Baker Mayfield had his best game maybe because Hugh Jackson was gone. Dallas got its first road win last week. Ezekiel Elliott had 151 yards rushing. So what does that mean? Atlanta's uh, defense is ranked 27th, 21st against the run. Dallas likes to run the ball. But uh, I think that Atlanta's going to come through because uh, I think Dallas has a lot of problems. I like Atlanta 30-21. Cincinnati at Baltimore. This is a game that the line has been updated in a lot of places right now. It's the week started at Baltimore by three and a half points. You go to Vegas Insider, you see the current consensus line is Cincinnati by five and a half, and that's with the recent news that Lamar Jackson will be getting his first career head start in the NFL. Um, Lamar Jackson, obviously former Heisman, first-round pick this past year. The rookie quarterback is going to be under center for the Ravens. What types of plays will they be calling for Jackson? Regardless of how inexperienced this guy might be, it's not enough for the Ravens to be underdogs at home 
coming off the bye against a very bad Bengals team that's been in a funk. They're going to be without top receiver A.J. Green. They already lost their top tight end, Tyler Eifert, over a month ago, which has already affected the offense. With Green out, the offense is in complete shambles. As a beloved Bungles fan myself, I've seen them play so much this year, I just cannot see them beating this Ravens team on the road, regardless if it's RG3, Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson. Whatever point total you see or whatever spread you see updated, if you're placing a bet somewhere, if the Bengals are favored, you're betting the Ravens all day. Lamar Jackson as a starter, maybe that gets it a little bit closer in my mind. I still got Baltimore. I still have Baltimore winning this game 23-20. to Yeah, well, A.J. Green is out, as you said, Joe Flacco's out, and now Marvin Lewis is now the head coach, is now the defensive coordinator, if you think that's a good move. Uh, Cincinnati beat Baltimore 34-23 early in the season. That was a long time ago. Baltimore has lost three three straight. Cincinnati is uh, averaging 26 a game, but as you said, their defense is next to last in the league, allowing 32 points per game. Their rush defense is next to last in the league. But somehow, someway, I can't see a rookie, Lamar Jackson, uh, going in and engineering a win, a win. So I like Cincinnati 20-17. to 20-17. So depending on what line comes out, you still might be picking the Ravens in that one, being that the line that I'm looking at is Cincinnati by 5.5. Next game we have is Philadelphia at New Orleans. New Orleans favored by 8 points in this game at home, one of the hottest teams in the league, obviously with their 8-game winning streak going on right now. Big over-under on this one, 56 points. I think it's going to be a lot closer than many people think in terms of how people are betting so far. Philadelphia, you can't discredit the fact that they're defending Super Bowl champions. They've been banged up on both sides of the ball this year, but I think they're a little bit underrated in terms of where their record stands this year. I've got New Orleans taking care of business with the home field advantage, but not covering the spread. i got the Saints 34 Philadelphia 30. What do you have in this game? Yeah, well, New Orleans right now is the hottest team in the NFL. They've won eight straight. They lead the league in scoring, 36.7 a game. In their last three games, they scored 30, 45, and 51. They also have the number one run defense in the league. So how the heck is Philadelphia going to move the ball? Philadelphia is also missing two starting cornerbacks. They're really hurting in the secondary. They're averaging 22 points per game. Uh, and New Orleans allowing 26. But I like New Orleans. I think they're going to roll on this one. Like I said, they're hot. I don't think it's going to end. I like them 38-21. And I, and I would bet the over in this one, you're looking at a potential shootout because you mentioned New Orleans has one of the top run defenses. So does Philly. But both these teams have two of the worst five pass defenses yeah. in the league. Saints have a very bad well, pass well, defense. So you're going to see a lot of passing in this game. Carson Wentz going to be slinging it all over the field. So will Drew Brees. Both teams are really going to struggle to establish the run game in this one. So I see a lot of air attack, a lot of points being scored with big passing plays in this game. One last thing, New Orleans gets up so high, so fast, that a lot of teams just give up on the run. So those stats might be a little misleading on their run defense. We're going to go into the next game, which is Tennessee at Indianapolis. Indianapolis opened the week favored by three. Now only one-and-a-half-point favorites in a pivotal division matchup here. Both these teams still fighting for a wild-card spot in the AFC now that we're a little bit halfway through the regular season. Over-under 50-and-a-half in this game. One of the tougher over-unders to predict, in my, in my opinion. I think it'll be somewhere maybe one point under, one point over. It's, it's really tough to predict how that's going to swing. The over-under started at 48 earlier in the week. Now it's at 50-and-a-half. I've got Indy winning this game just simply because they're the home team. Tennessee's been really hot. 
as of late, winning these last couple of games by big margins. But the Colts are an underrated team, and, and even even with a sub-500 record like the Colts have, they've won three games in a row. They had a really rough start. Andrew Luck's playing very good football. The offensive line is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league right now. I think the home field advantage is enough for them to pull out the win. I got them by a field goal going down to a close game, so give me the Colts to cover the one-and-a-half-point spread. Colts 26, Titans 23. Yeah, well, Marcus Mariota is healthy now. He's 2-0. They've won two straight because of him. He's thrown four touchdown passes, no interceptions. Of course, Indy, like you said, has won three straight, and Luck has thrown ten touchdown passes and only been intercepted once. Uh, the Colts are scoring 26 points, almost 27 a game, but the Titans have the number one scoring defense in the league, allowing 16.8 points per game. Uh, Luck loves Eric Ebron. He has nine TD, which Nine touchdown receptions, which leads all tight ends. But I like Mariota. I like that defense, and I don't think they're going to have a problem. I, I got Tennessee winning 28-21. So you got Tennessee winning outright in that game. Next game is Houston at Washington. Houston has been favored by three points on the road all week. Talking about Saints being one of the hottest teams in the league. Second is Houston with a six-game winning streak coming off the bye I think this is a team that's had some time to get some injuries healed up on offense and defense. They're going against maybe with the most overrated team in terms of record, which is the 6-3 and three Washington Redskins, which really hasn't put up much points this season. I think the Texans' role in this game, I, I've got uh, maybe a little bit of a tight score, but still winning by a touchdown on the road in one of the lower-scoring games of the week, low over-under at 42.5. I think it could go well under that. I've got Houston 23, Washington 16. I just don't see the Redskins moving the ball much in this game, even at home. Some people might say Washington's a fraud. Uh, they're, they're good on turnovers, but the last four victories, they won by an average of 7.3 points at 6, 3, 7, and 13 against the Bucks. even though the Bucks dominated them. The Bucks turned the ball over four times. Washington, uh, they're, they're good at forcing fumbles, or you could say it's luck. They got 14 forced fumbles, but Houston's got 12. They both rank high. J.J. Watt has nine sacks, and I think that defense is going to be good enough. I like Houston winning 24-20. So you got them covering the spread as well, winning outright on the road in that one. That would put Houston at 7-3. and three. Clear favorites so far in, in the AFC South Division and extending their win streak to seven games overall in the year. The next one is Tampa Bay at the Giants. And to me, the hardest game to predict because you have two of the most unpredictable teams in the league. We, we've seen the Bucks have a high-flying offense at times, and then yet they put up, what, 500 yards and only three points last week against the Redskins at home. The Giants coming off their win against the 49ers on Monday Night Football. So they're playing on a little bit of a short week, but back at home in the Meadowlands. This one's tough, man. Two defenses that have struggled. The Giants have struggled to defend the run, whereas the Bucks have really struggled to defend the pass. Um, I, I just have to lean on veteran quarterback and home field advantage in this game, even though this is the one game I don't feel good about betting. I could see either team winning in a blowout. I'll take the Giants by three, just enough to cover the spread, 30-27. to 27. Yeah, Tampa Bay, like you said, had 501 yards but only scored three points last week. But they had two missed field goals, and Mike Evans dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone, and there were other TD pa – excuse me, other passes that were dropped. Tampa Bay has a minus 19 turnover ratio, which is the worst in the league. In the last four games, 13 turnovers by the Bucks, and no takeaways. And to add to that, they're, they're – Defense is really banged up. Their linebacking core, two out of the three top linebackers are not there. 
Things basically are two teams going nowhere, looking for some hope. Giants are home. They're a lot more healthy. I like the Giants 31-28. Denver at the Los Angeles Chargers, a key division matchup for the Chargers to extend their lead in the division and, and ahead of the other two teams, the, the Raiders and the Broncos sitting there at the bottom. This is makes a, a chance for the Chargers to get closer to the Chiefs. Chiefs with a tough matchup on Monday Night Football against the Rams. So if the Chiefs lose and the Chargers win, Chargers will basically be in a half game behind them in the standings but tied in the loss column in that division. So a big game for the Chargers to prove themselves in this one. They've won six in a row, just like the Texans have that we talked about earlier. I think the Chargers is too much, but I think these division games often stay close and the Broncos will get up for this one, especially coming off the bye Chargers have had a lot of close wins this year, so they've struggled to kind of separate themselves even from weaker opponents. So I got the Chargers winning, but I wouldn't feel comfortable betting them to cover the seven-point spread. I got Chargers 27, Broncos 21. What do you have in this one? Well, like you said, the Chargers have won six straight. Their only losses are to the Rams in Kansas City. How about the Chargers' defense? In, in the last five games, they've only allowed 66 points. Okay, two of those wins were over Oakland, but they did win at Seattle 25-17. Joey Boza, the 2016 rookie, uh, defensive rookie of the year, he may be back for the Chargers, which would really help. Denver's big thing, they have 20. Eight sacks, tied for seventh. Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb have combined for 17. That's the best uh, sack duo in the league. Phillip Rivers is having a great year, third highest passer rating. He's 21 touchdowns, four interceptions. And let's not forget about Mike uh, Melvin Gordon. So I like the Chargers, 27-17. So you got them covering the spread in Absolutely. that one. Oakland Raiders at the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona, four-point favorites to start the week. Now they're favored by five-and-a-half points. Two of, the, two of the lower teams in the league, to say the least. Cardinals at two and seven. Raiders at one and eight on the year. Raiders have lost five straight. Arizona, I mean, look, I think they're a little bit better football team. I think they're a little bit more motivated. They're not seemingly tanking the season like John Gruden and the Raiders have kind of come off so far the last few weeks. But Arizona's offense still is – as good as a matchup this is on paper, they've struggled to really put up points and yards against anybody this year. Respectable showing against the Chiefs last week. I think they get it done at home, but I'm not betting on the Cardinals to cover the spread in any way. And I got Cardinals 27, Raiders 24, and a stink fest in this one. Well, David Johnson for uh, Arizona, you could say reinvented himself last week. Uh, 98 rushing yards, 85 passing yards. He looked like the old David Johnson. Maybe that's what the new – Offensive coordinator, Oakland's ranked 30th against a run, so that should help them. Josh Rosen, he's struggling like any rookie could, but he does have moments of brilliance, six touchdowns, eight picks. Uh, Arizona looked improved in losing uh, Kansas City last week, 26-14. I think they're going to surprise you. They're going to cover. I like Arizona 20-14. to Well, this would be the Arizona's first win over a team not named the San Francisco 49ers. Arizona 2-7 and seven with both of their wins coming against the 49ers this year. They did have a couple close losses earlier in the year against the Bears and the Seahawks. They lost to the Bears by two and to the Seahawks by three. So they've kept it close against some of the tougher teams, but – I think the Raiders are just full tank mode. I don't, I don't see them coming out to play very hard to get this upset on the road, but I would still hesitate to get to pick the Cardinals to cover in that game. Pittsburgh at Jacksonville, one of the two games I feel really good about, especially talking about Pittsburgh Steelers open up the week, three-and-a-half-point favorites. They want to get that revenge game after losing to the Jaguars in the playoffs last year. Big Ben throwing for all those interceptions. Jaguars are just struggling. One of the – 
in terms of their their name, their staying power, this is a three and six team. Jacksonville's lost five games in a row. I don't think many people realize that. This defense is not what it was last year. The offense is taking a step back. Yeah, they got Fournette back, and that's going to help them a little bit. But if they have to play catch up, how much can Leonard Fournette really make a difference in this game? This is the one game I feel confident picking a spread. I, I feel confident picking the final score by a blowout in terms of two touchdowns or more. I got Pittsburgh 31, Jacksonville 17. I, I think it could be even more of a margin than that. Yeah, like I said, like you said, Pitts has won five straight. Jacksonville's been on a losing streak, and they've only scored 14.4 points during their last five games while allowing almost 29 points a game. Uh, maybe you like the Jags defense or number one against the pass, number two overall deep, but I don't know if that's going to make much of a difference. Pittsburgh, Big Ben are, are, are looking for revenge. They got sunk by Jacksonville last year. They knocked them out of the playoffs. Uh, and uh, Rosselberger scored through, excuse me, through six interceptions last year against the Jags, including five in a regular season finale. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to be highly motivated. They want revenge, and I, I think they're going to get it. I like Pittsburgh 31-20. All right, so a similar score for you in that one. Pittsburgh also covering. We're talking about the Sunday night football game. We've got a big division showdown here between two NFC North teams, the top two teams in that division, Bears at 6-3, and three, hosting the Minnesota Vikings, coming into Soldier Field at 5-3-1. and one. The Bears have won three in a row since falling to 3-3 three and three earlier in the year. The Vikings, yeah, they've lost three games, but two of those were to the Rams and to the Saints. And you, you can kind of throw out that week three anomaly when they lost to the Bills 27-6 to at home. They've bounced back since then. Big wins against the Eagles, Cardinals, and Jets before losing last week to the Saints 30-20. to I don't think the Vikings are on the Saints level, but I do think they still are a slightly better team than the Chicago Bears. And Kirk Cousins still finding his way into that offense. He's been one of the better quarterbacks throwing the ball under pressure this year. And I think the Bears will put a lot of pressure on them, but... I don't know if the Bears' offense has really faced a test like this in terms of playing a solid defense like the Vikings have. Xavier Rhodes in this game could really shut down Allen Robinson. I think you're going to see a lot of short dink and dunk passes, the guys like Tariq Cohen, Trey Burton for the Bears to kind of help Trubisky move the ball along. I think this is going to be a great game, but I got the Vikings winning this game outright in the road. Bears are favored by two and a half. I got Minnesota 28, Chicago 24. Yeah. I think it's going to be more high scoring than people think. A very low over-under in this one, a 44 and a half. I bet the over. Yeah, both teams have good defensive. Chicago's ranked fourth, Minnesota's fifth. But be careful of these teams that win because of turnovers because you never know when that's going to change. Chicago has 24 takeaways this year. That's number two in the league, 16 interceptions. Eight fumble recoveries, and that can end any time because when you force a fumble, there's no guarantee who's going to pick it up. So I say be very careful. Careful. Trubisky had a career game last time out, 355 passing yards. and uh, But Dalvin Cook is back for Minnesota. He could be the difference. I think uh, Minnesota has an edge at quarterback with Kirk Cousins, and I think Minnesota is going to take care of this game 27-23. All right, so moving on to Monday Night Football ESPN's game of the year. We got the Kansas City Chiefs at 9-1 going to face the L.A. Rams. This game being moved from Mexico City back to L.A. So we've got the top two teams in the league in terms of point differential on the year. The Rams are plus 104. Chiefs number one, plus 113. That's an indication of two teams that are very likely to make it to the Super Bowl. This could be a Super Bowl preview right here between the Chiefs and the Rams. I would pick those two teams if it stood if the playoffs started right now to make it through their respective conferences. 
And, yeah, I, I, maybe the Rams get a slight advantage being at home in this game, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to have a problem moving the ball up and down the field in this one. Give me the Rams 34-31. to 31. The spread I'm looking at says Rams by 3.5. I don't see this game being, being decided by, less, by um, a field goal or more. I think it will be three points or less. So give me the Rams at home by three. So I'll take the Chiefs on the spread in this one. What yeah. do you got in this one? Yeah, like you said, these are two best offenses. Well, two of the three best offenses in the league because you got to – Put the Saints up there. KC's number two. LA's number three. Their defense is a little shaky, but uh, the Rams do have Aaron Donald, who leads the league with 12.5 sacks. And LA has 26 sacks uh, on the season. I think it's going to be high scoring. I, I don't think either one is going to be able to stop the other team. I think it's going to be a, a Donnie Brook, as they say, back in the day. I like the Rams winning this one, 41-38. So you're definitely betting the over in, in, this, oh, in this one. Absolutely, I'd say bet the Highest game. over under since, I believe, 1986 oh, I or 1984. I, I, I double-checked that, that one. That's, that's a good question. We'll have to get back to you on that one. But uh, the Chiefs have won four in a row. The Rams have won one since they lost two weeks ago to the Saints. Uh, something's got to give because the Rams are 5-0 and at home. So can the Chiefs come in and give the Rams well, their the first home loss of the year? The 43-40 at New England. So. That's right. And they're 4-1 and on the road. So they've won all their other road games yeah. besides that. But two of the best teams in the NFL, yeah. maybe the two best teams yeah. in the NFL, to be, decide, to be determined on that. Patrick Mahomes, uh, he, they say he's a great throw. He can throw a sidearm three-quarter arm, sometimes behind his back, and they ask his dad, well, how come he can throw all these different – from all these different angles? And he says because he played shortstop in baseball growing up his entire life. So you got to make a lot of those uh, sidearm, underhand, and so forth throws, especially trying to make a double play. So that's helped Mahomes a lot. Don't forget about the left-handed throw he, he made a, a few and months back either. And, yeah, and let's not forget – we haven't – neither one of us has mentioned a guy named Todd Gurley. So, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, let's, MVP uh, candidate right there, Todd Gurley, no, just no, like Mahomes is. Two, two MVP candidates and, right there squaring off. Yeah, well, Gurley could be the MVP when all is said and done. We'll find out. This should be a great game. Uh, you might need a seatbelt for your chair wherever you're sitting to watch this game. It's going to be a great game for sure. Best Monday Night Football game we've had on the schedule all year. And there's been some pretty good ones. It's pretty good primetime games we've had the last couple of weeks, that's for sure. I think this will be the best one so far. Maybe a Super Bowl preview. We'll see about that. That does it here for the Family Feud Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the bad journalist, sitting here as always with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer. You're listening to the Family Feud Sports Podcast, where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, debate the week's Hottest sports news. We'll be back next week with some fantasy football talk, some college football talk, and, of course, more NFL Vegas picks against the spread. And get your seatbelt for that Kansas City Rams game. Get your popcorn ready. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Dodgers tickets, Lakers tickets, and Phantom of the Opera tickets. Phantom of the Opera? Yeah, it's theater, man. You ever been to the theater? Hey, what the hell wrong with you? Ain't nobody give a damn about no Phantom of the Opera? Hey, Franklin, there's money in culture. Man, let me tell you something, Roland. Black people don't want to see that shit. Now, I told you to get me some good shit like Luther Vandross tickets or something. Luther Vandross is not culture. Fuck culture. Give me some good shit, man. People complain about these fucked up tickets. You're making me look bad, man. Oh,
Finishing up in poetry yeah. Pull it in the chamber Waiting till they get a load of me Dialing from the rotary The other end's a ringtone Slack them at the 20 Running to the other end zone Never had a pretty woman Keep me in the friend zone Trying to worry not What about any of my friend zone Return so much I probably parent till the send's gone Weed under the button The scent strong Phone still off limits Like a motherfucker slanging Mary Delivery on time Every time Steady very Good intention, but the honest very Trying to find this peace of mind and count it out as monetary My thoughts are forming into sentences No telling when this evolution sends it into exodus I'm not just out for the reference Understood that getting is good, at least the present is Chemistry underrated, your fundamentals basic Run the matrix, no dispute, I'm undebated Beat banging like it's blood related Elegance is understated Orchestrations leave you sedated Back fresh, recuperated Brothers in step, highly awaited Long time coming, rhyme dumbing Pour something, Bacardi lime Rum inside a cup, stomach rubbing Opinions borderline jaded Stretch out accounts, blackboard To sketch out the routes Stopped short, stepped out the house in Venice Bear witness, word scripted Three dimension, vivid, exceed the limits Meanwhile, I pencil in the digits Against the white walls Spinning Levi dinners and crushed linen Kangaroo coat with the custom stitches Serve dishes, dirty soup kitchen Heavy hitter, I swing it whenever you pitching Jump in the list, jump in the list, jump in the list.